Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. It's not necessarily always a bad thing that people do us wrong if we learn the lessons from them. But it's really important that to understand that to look for red flags when you're single, to look for the red flags in relationships, both friendships as well as dating relationships that indicate that this person isn't maturing and isn't healthy and probably is not the best fit. Counselor Leslie Vernick is the guest today with Pastor Paul Johnson as she shares wise words from her book, The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. Leslie is an author, speaker, coach, as well as a longtime counselor. Welcome to the program, Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence multiple rapes. Hey, so glad to have you on Life Support. We um, take joy in in talking about how Jesus shows up when we're suffering, when we're going through trauma, when we're, we're just dealing with the sinful areas of life and the trouble that comes in our world. And, and we're doing that again today with a really great guest. Her name is Leslie Vernick. She's a former licensed counselor, a relationship coach. She's the author of seven books. And Leslie, I want to thank you again for being here on Life Support. It's good to have you. It's my pleasure. So, so many, there, there, we were talking last time you were here about kind of how the church views marriage. And, and, and again, I want to make it clear that um, I'm for marriage. I, I don't counsel people to get divorces, but I do want to be realistic with people. And Leslie, as you view the, the Christian culture right now, what do you see as kind of the major roadblocks to having healthy marriages? Are there some that are inherent in the culture that we live in as Christians that make it difficult to do that? You know, I think there's two things. There's a ton of temptation to not have a healthy marriage out there, whether it's you're distracted with your iPhone, you're, you know, being self-absorbed in your own world, whether you're cheating online or with another person. I mean, there's just so much temptation that unless you are really, um, internally growing in your faith and internally not being legalistic by any stretch of the imagination, but really seeing the pitfalls in front of you um, and understand that it's your responsibility to navigate those. I think it's very easy to do harm in your marriage. Now that said, that's not the end of the story. So in any relationship, any, anything, So this is an example I give that might be helpful to your listeners. If you built a brand new house, beautiful house with shiny big windows and hardwood floors and four bedrooms and granite countertops, I mean, everything that you would love on two acres of land. And that house is everything that you wanted, just like when you get married. Oh my gosh, she's everything I've ever wanted. He's everything I've ever wanted. And you get married. How long could you live in that house without doing any maintenance or repairs? Not very long. Not very long, because if you didn't do any maintenance or repairs, the house would begin to show its reality that if you don't maintain me, if you don't wash the dishes, and if you don't flush the toilet, and if you don't take out the garbage, and if you don't sweep the floors, and if you don't clean the counters, and if you don't vacuum, after a week or two, we're not smelling so good here anymore. It doesn't feel good to live here. So I think this is the myth of if it was meant to be, then it shouldn't be hard. We shouldn't have to work at it. So any relationships, just like anything that's of value, your beautiful Corvette car, your beautiful new home, your beautiful lawn, 
it requires maintenance in order for it to stay beautiful. And so I think that the church has gotten that a little bit like, oh, let's have date nights and let's, you know, have marriage conferences and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. Some people don't do maintenance. And so they wonder, like after 10 years, why don't we feel close anymore? There's nothing destructive. It's just, I'm lonely. I don't know who you are. We're disconnected because they haven't maintained that relationship. They haven't made, they did it during dating, but they didn't do it after marriage. And just like building a brand new house doesn't mean you're done. It means that you've got a lot of work to do to keep that looking good. Yeah. But here's what happens. So let's say you built this beautiful house and the toilet's leaking or the plumbing broke or the roof has a problem. I don't care how many times you do your dishes, that's not fixing that problem. I don't care how many times you bring fresh flowers in the house, that's not fixing that problem. So here's where the church really fails and marriage counselors really fail, is that they're not distinguishing between what's a maintenance repair and what's, or what's a maintenance uh, technique or what's a maintenance work, like building better communication and what's repair work. Build, so if you have a crack in your foundation, and you're painting your bedroom walls, mm -hmm. that's maintenance, but you have a repair work to do. And so when there's been a, a breach of trust in a relationship, any relationship, but especially in marriage, what do you do? And counseling is like, well, make sure you have enough sex and you have date nights and you do these kind of things. And that's not fixing the broken trust. And so if we don't learn about that and how to repair that with people and people aren't willing to do that work, you can't repair that relationship. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. My wife often refers to me as the Corvette of men. So it, you just, you, you nailed me right there. Um, but I, unfortunately, I have a lot of maintenance too that she has to do for me. Uh, Leslie Vernick is our guest at leslievernick.com. And we're talking a little bit about how Christian marriages um, within the Christian culture are treated. Now, I want to talk about, Leslie, people that aren't married or aren't married anymore and what they do normally, as I see it, is they, they aren't valued by very many churches. They, um, if they're going through a divorce, they leave the church. There's too much shame. They feel that judgment on them. Um, how, can, how can we better as a church navigate and help people go through those kind of difficulties or just treat them as equals if they've never been married? Yeah, and half the culture these days is single, whether it's through divorce or through not being married. And so this is a really important uh, struggle for the church to deal with. And I think the singles that I have talked to have shunned singles groups because it feels like a meat market, like you're all going to find someone because you're not okay being single. And I think this is, you know, I just talked to a 25-year-old girl and, I, and she's not married yet. And she said, my whole life, that's what I was told was my destiny you're gonna get married and have kids. So you don't really have to worry about going to college or you don't really have to worry about getting a job or you don't have to really worry about a life because you're gonna have this life. And I think that's the myth that has become so scary is that the, the Christian, especially in the Christian community, your life is in a marriage. And if you don't have that, you're not one of us. You're not in the in-group, you're not fully good enough to be that. And so I think that's where as a, church and as a culture we have to really begin to change it jesus was single you know the apostle paul was single um there are a lot of people in the bible that were fine being single and i think we have to again go back to this idea that god calls us to be fully functioning adults as as we mature 
we don't stop maturing at 21. We mature through the lifespan. And God gives us opportunities to learn that in relationship. Like I remember talking to a woman recently at a secular conference. She wasn't a Christian. And she heard what I did. And she said, oh, she goes, I married a narcissistic man. It was the best thing I ever did. And I'm like, what? Because narcissistic men are typically abusive. And I said, tell me more. And she goes, he was so abusive to me and so cruel that it woke me up to my naivety as a woman that I needed to learn to stop being such a people pleaser, that I needed to open my eyes and see that there are really evil people in this world. And, I, and she wasn't even a Christian. And I needed to learn how to set boundaries and I needed to learn how to value my own self. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have learned that without that harsh yeah. lesson. Right. But she was able to see that lesson for her. And she said, it helped me grow up fast. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing that people do us wrong if we learn the lessons from them. But it's really important that to understand that to look for red flags when you're single, to look for the red flags in relationships, both friendships as well as dating relationships that indicate that this person isn't maturing and isn't healthy and probably is not the best fit for a good long-term friendship or marriage. Right. And what I, what I hear you saying is our identity isn't in the situation that we find ourselves in. Our, our identity is in who we are in Christ. And that's what we need to be working on. That's what we need to be developing. More from Pastor Paul and Leslie Vernick in just a moment. This is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, co-sponsor of this program. And we're excited to announce that artist Sarah Groves will be performing as a benefit of these life support resources. The date is February 24th, and tickets are now on sale. So if you're in the Twin Cities area, you can link to the tickets at fivestonemedia.com. You spell that out, fivestonemedia.com. Also performing will be original music from Eagle Brook Music, and the MC for the night is comic Bob Stromberg. And now back to today's interview and Pastor Paul. But it's really important that to understand that to look for red flags when you're single, to look for the red flags in relationships, both friendships as well as dating relationships that indicate that this person isn't maturing and isn't healthy and probably is not the best fit for a good long-term friendship or marriage. Right. And what I, what I hear you saying is our identity isn't in the situation that we find ourselves in. Our, our identity is in who we are in Christ. And that's what we need to be working on. That's what we need to be developing. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I think that even for, for people who are single, we can get our identity caught into our emotions. Like I am anger. I'm not anger. I feel angry. You know, we talk that way. I am angry. I am upset. I am hurt. I feel those feelings. That's not who I am. All right. I'm not, you know, special because I'm the pastor, because I wrote seven books, or I'm not any more special than anybody else. These are things I've done. This isn't who I am. I could be an author and still be a scoundrel, right? There's lots of pastors who have shown themselves to be scoundrels lately. And so they can be the pastor. That's not who they are. That's their role. But it doesn't mean that they have a quality inside that is godly. Yeah, uh, that's really wise. So work on your work on your character. When I, you know, hire people, it's always character over skill. Yeah. Because character lasts and that love relationship with God is so deeply important. LeslieVernick.com is where you can find out more about Leslie. So what does a woman do if she discovers that her relationship is becoming harmful? Who does she trust? 
well, this is hard. I would, I would love for her to be able to go to her pastor or her women's ministry leader and say the truth about what's going on without being judged as being disrespectful to her husband, disloyal for sharing family secrets that she shouldn't be sharing for, um, well, you can't, you know, well, there's always two sides to every story. So you can't tell me this. I won't hear it if you won't let your husband hear this. When in fact, she's not safe to do that in front of her husband because she would experience more harm. Um, and so lots of naivety, lots of wrong theology again about what a woman's role is and how she's not to dishonor her husband in any way, even if it means telling the truth about what he's really doing. Um, that's not dishonoring him, that's helping him, um, or at least attempting to help him. I remember a woman going to her pastor, um, her husband was physically abusive to her and the children. Um, he was a big CEO, he was a supporter in the church, so there was some James favoritism there. And uh, she went to the church and it was like, you know, you are an unsubmissive woman. If he has to do that to you, then you must not be submitting in time for him to wow. act out that way. So yeah. she finally called the police and the man yeah. ended up in jail. <laughs> yeah. And she did it to his good because jail woke him up. He came to his senses. His church is colluded with his wrong theology about this is my role as the head. And I get to do this if you are disrespectful to me. And she was a testy woman, but that doesn't still mean he can beat her up right That's and the right. children yeah. and so she put his butt in jail for a couple of weeks and that woke him up and he went to counseling he went to the group for battered uh for battered husbands and um as far as i know they were in ministry together helping other couples so sometimes it but she did him good by doing that and the church doesn't see that i had a church excommunicated woman when she called the police on her husband he was abusive they didn't excommunicate him but because she called the secular authorities they excommunicated her if you have a church like that run now run 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 so how can i as a pastor create a feeling of safety how can i create a culture in my church where women or men that are not safe or need to come forward feel safe to do so? You know, I, when I have an opportunity to speak to pastors or I've been in churches where I've ministered there, I always say to them, you know, I mean, certainly October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that would be something that you might bring some attention to. But all pastors talk about marriage sometime during the year. And when you're talking about marriage or you're talking about um, the responsibilities or roles of husbands and wives, if you said something from the pulpit like, you know, when I say, you know, submit, I don't mean that you should submit to your husband's porn use or that you should submit silently to his physical abuse of you or your emotional abuse of you. If that's happening in your home, you call me, mm -hmm. right? So just a little clarification about certain mm -hmm. things, a little mm -hmm. clarification, because pastors, and I've talked to my pastor about that. I attend a large church and they're like, well, we're not speaking to everybody. And you know, we're speaking to the majority, not the minority. And I said, well, one in four women report being in an abusive marriage in a Christian setting. So you're speaking to a big, big, large minority. And when you say things like that, it gets very confusing to the person sitting in the pulpit. My own story is I grew up in an abusive home. My mother was the abuser, but this was, you know, 50 years ago, my father got custody of us. She had left him. He got custody of us. When I became a Christian, there was no books on this. There was no books on this, but I'm like, I'm a Christian. Do I have to just forgive and forget and let her babysit my kids? I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, and, but yeah. we weren't talking about that. We weren't saying, because mm -hmm. you have to honor your mother. 
Mm-hmm. So does that mean I can't have any boundaries? Mm-hmm. And so this is the journey I began to take as a therapist. Like, wait a minute. I'm sure the Bible talks about this. And it does. It does. We just haven't brought that part out. Yeah. And I think pastors need to lean into the authority of their office. And that's not prideful to, to, to take it upon yourself to lay down, I guess you could say, lay down the law. This church is not going to look the other way. This church is going to be involved. If you are being harmed, we are going to help you. Because that also sends a message to those who are the abusers that you better stop or you're going to, you, this church isn't going to tolerate that. And I don't see that as, I think that's our part of our responsibility. We're the shepherds. Shepherds don't let their sheep go out and get hurt. That's right. And, and not only that, the, the men, not very many men change who are like this, but the men who I've seen who have changed have changed, not because they were in therapy with a woman, but because they had positive male role models from their church who said, we think you can do better than this. And we're not going to let you continue to harm your wife, your kids, or yourself on our watch. I had an elder from a church, a pastor contracted me to do counseling with a man when I was counseling. I worked with him for two years and his elder came with him pretty much to every session. And it was good because he couldn't come every week. He could only come every other week. So the elder was able to reinforce what I did. And the man wasn't able to twist what I said yeah. into his own agenda. The elder held him accountable for everything that he was supposed to do and everything he was supposed to learn. And, and so it was really the elder who was the, and even the man at the end of my last book wrote something and he said, I'm not going to see Leslie anymore, but I'm going to be in this church forever. Thank God they were there for me. Thank God that they helped me come to my senses and learn how to be a better husband and father. Right. Well, good for that elder. That's that's true spiritual leadership. Um, okay, here's a hard question. Um, when a woman is going through that and she's she's feeling lost and alone and she's a believer and she loves God and she's given herself to God and she still spends time with God and she's saying, this isn't adding up. I've spent all this time praying. I've, I, I, I honestly have prayed for my husband. And now this is happening. God, do you even care? What do you say to a woman that's in that situation? I say to her, yes, he does. And I show her examples of how God cares in the Psalms for the oppressed, for those who are downtrodden, for those who have been victimized by the powerful over the powerless. And, and both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God talks about not using your tongue as a weapon to destroy others. I can't imagine churches that say there is no such thing as verbal abuse in the Bible. It's all over the Bible. Yeah. You know, and so, so it's like, well, if he didn't hit you, it can't be called abuse. Well, yes, it could be called abuse because the Bible calls it abuse. Paul says, let no abusive speech come out of your mouth. Why not? Because it hurts people. It harms relationships. And so to really help educate them, and that's what we do in our ministries, we really help Christian women who are right in that place have two experiences. One is education, biblical teaching about what God really says about her and what God really says about her role here and her opportunity to grow as a woman and to grow as a Christian and to confront her husband in love about what he's doing so that their relationship can potentially be restored. We also are realistic to say that most of the time, He's not interested in growth. He's interested in using Christian platitudes like, you know, you're keeping a record of wrongs. Let's put the past in the past and all the things that people are taught that don't work. So we work with her on that. And then the other thing that's so important is for her to have a sense that I'm not alone because most women don't tell other women what's going on. And so it's so interesting. We have over 3000 women in our community 
from all over the world who are Christian women in destructive and abusive marriages. Wow. That's a lot of women. A lot of women. Saying now, I'm not alone. Her story is my story. Her husband sounds like my husband. <laughs> and it's very helpful for them to know this is not because you're not a good person. It's not because you were a bad wife. Because that's what they think. Of course. Yeah. If only I, and that's what they're told. I mean, if only you, you know, try harder, love him more, sacrifice more, give more. I mean, I've had some issues with some of the literature out there, you know, created to be his helpmate, different books like that are basically that, you know, you just are created to be his helpmate and you just do whatever he needs you to do. And if he treats you bad, take it to Jesus, but keep doing it and try harder because somehow he'll get it then. And it's not true. It's not true. Jesus is our example. He was a perfect communicator. He was the perfect sacrificial servant. He didn't have a good relationship with Judas. He didn't have a good relationship with the Pharisees. And he even the rich young ruler wanted a relationship with him, but on his terms and not Christ's terms. And Jesus yep. let him go. Yep. Jesus didn't pretend relationships. Either you had one or you didn't. And Jesus doesn't promise unconditional relationship. And I think that's another myth of marriage is that my marriage vows mean you can do anything and I'm not allowed to have a boundary. Yeah, I think uh, calling someone a brood of vipers will, will probably um, harm your relationship with them. Um, okay, so LeslieVernick.com. Man, we could go on all day. I have so many other things. But uh, you got a great website. Tell me what you do on the website and how people can access it and what kind of services you offer. So we offer, well, actually, we're changing our website, so it's going to be new, newer, but um, we offer a lot of coaching services. So if people need one-on-one -on -one coaching or they want to like develop some boundaries and they want to learn how to do that because it's hard for women to do that by themselves. Um, we do groups on that so they can find that out. We have a lot of free content. I have a free blog I do every week and we have a blog community of women who are in destructive marriages, some men sometimes who you know communicate with each other and that really is helpful. We have, a, I have a lot of YouTube videos on there that just every, you know, every day they can learn something new about a five minute video. It's closed captions. So people who don't want to listen to it in front of their husband or they are hearing impaired can hear it. Um, and I have a Facebook page and we do a lot of live events on Facebook and it really helps women to see that they're not alone. So it's leslievernick.com. Mm -hmm. Is there hope for a woman right now that is saying, I, I, I don't think I can do this. Uh, this has been happening for so long. Yeah, there is hope that she can, I, there's, I can't promise, and this is, I think, the, the myth is, again, if you do your work, he will do his, yeah. but if you do your work, you will get stronger, you will get saner in your head, and you will be more confident in what you're doing for your next steps, that you won't leave with regret or a guilt trip, and if you ever have the opportunity to do future relationships, either with your husband again, because he did his work, or um girlfriends, you are in a much healthier position to do relationships that are good relationships, safe relationships and healing relationships. Right. And even if he doesn't do his work, you know that God is faithful and his promises um, are, are real. And I, I love what you said about the oppressed, because I made it a, a point this year with in the midst of all this craziness in America, I just I'm going through the prophets and I'm just highlighting every time it, the Bible talks about justice. It's everywhere. everywhere. And, and that goes into protecting our lambs and our churches because that's our responsibility. And if a wolf is hurting them, then we have to stand up. We have to create safety and we need to stand behind that. And I think the church is kind of waking up to that some. And I take, I take heart in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh -huh. It's too late somewhat, but for some. 
but it's happening. So Leslie Vernick, thanks a lot for being here. Appreciate your wisdom so very much. LeslieVernick.com. Thanks again. Thank you. You know what? It is true that God is with you. And we, we talk about that a lot. And sometimes you might not feel like it. Sometimes you might say to yourself, yeah, you say that, but I feel alone. But God is so faithful and God will never give up on you because you are his child. You are an adopted child. You have an inheritance waiting for you. And not only that, the, the Bible has promised that you can have a new life, abundant life. That's what Jesus is offering you. So please just take action. If you're really hurting, if you're being hurt, if you're not safe, you know, when you go to the doctor now, the first thing they ask you is, are you safe at home? Well, answer rightly if you're not safe at home, because then somebody can help you. And there are good Christian leaders that want to help you. So at any rate, please don't give up on God. He's always there. And I'm so glad you're listening. I, I appreciate our our sponsors, our partners so much, faithradio.com. They've been so good to us here. Uh, you can see a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And you can also check us out here at Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka at myrwc.org. Hey, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. Thank you, Pastor Paul. And once again, this is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media. And we're excited to announce that artist Sarah Groves will be performing as a benefit of these life support resources. February 24th is the date, and tickets are now on sale at fivestonemedia.com. Spell that out, fivestonemedia.com. Also performing will be original music from Eaglebrook Music, and the MC for the night is comic Bob Stromberg. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.